This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants me. You're gonna acknowledge me. Welcome to the WWE podcast for this Tuesday, September 6th, 2022. We're gonna talk about Monday Night Raw that took place last night in Kansas City, Missouri. A show that saw a major return in Braun Strowman. And the show really seemed to focus around the the Judgment Day, Rey Mysterio, Dominic story. We're going to dive into that. And, of course, Bailey, Bianca. And Bailey turning down Bianca's challenge, at least for the time being. I told you, they're playing the long game with this one, and I'm all for it. And as well as The Miz and Dexter Loomis, as The Miz gets an awarded a United States Championship match. How he got the match, I don't know. But he got a United States Championship match with the very quiet and kind of under-the-radar Bobby Lashley as of late for the United States Championship. And Dexter Loomis, at the end of Raw, under the ring, is going to create one of the best memes we've ever seen. <laughs> Somebody has to create a GIF out of this. Is it GIF or GIF? I think it's GIF, right? I think it's GIF, like the peanut butter. Somebody's going to do it. That camera angle, that shot from the camera up, up, uh, above the ceiling that zooms down on Dexter Loomis, just staring into the abyss, staring up at the Miz. Somebody has to do something with that. It has to be a GIF or some kind of meme. It's great. It made me laugh. And I w- we were all supposed to be freaked out by it. I don't know how the Miz didn't laugh. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, like he looked ridiculous or stupid or it wasn't, it didn't work. It worked perfectly almost to a fault where he has such that, such a crazy military psychotic stare. It's almost hilarious. And I I loved it. I have no problem with Dexter Loomis and with the Miz happening here. And the Miz still doesn't understand why we still don't understand why Dexter Loomis has yet to explain his actions. I don't know if we'll get anything. I believe in NXT, he barely said anything. So it's likely we won't get much from him. But I enjoyed the United States Championship match. I thought it was, it was, I mean, the cage matches are what they are. You know exactly what the formula is going to be. The cage matches, whether it's for a championship or not, is essentially the same formula. At some point, you know, the baby face is uh, about to win. There's going to be some outside interference or conversely, the heel is about to win. They're at the top of the cage and all they have to do is jump down to win. And somehow, some way the baby face pulls them back over the top with superhuman strength and, uh, you know, gets a big bump on them. It, they're fine. I have no problems with cage matches in theory. As you know, though, the cage match stipulation that says, that you can walk through a door to win the matchup is asinine. Even the part of escaping the cage over the top, I would let live, even though I think that's the, in principle stupid because the purpose of the cage match is to keep the contenders inside where there is, there is no running away. That's typically how that leads to that stipulation, how, how a program leads to that. Not always, but that's 
so a lot of times how programs lead to it is, well, we're going to put a we're going to put a cage around him and stop interference, which is always a joke because people can come in at will since it's a no DQ match. But also, how is a stipulation that is meant in just foundationally to keep the people in the ring and that you can't escape? How is a stipulation for victory to do the exact opposite and win? Meaning. All you have to do is do the exact opposite of what the match was intended for, and you win. So the, the cage is meant to keep you in, but if you escape and you get out, you win. What? <laughs> I've had a real problem with that. My brain still can't wrap my mind around that. But I would even give that a pass if WWE would get rid of the through-the-door nonsense. They should get rid of it. To me, that's almost like through the ropes, not over the ropes. If you equate it to a Royal Rumble match, we all know, through the ropes... No problem. You can you can leave the ring, even though I have problems with that too, but I seem to have problems with everything today. But I would let that slide from a Royal Rumble perspective, if you use that as kind of the, the framework for this. If going through the door was kind of the same thing as equivalent to going through the ropes, but if you go over the cage, you can win, since that's much more difficult to do. But no, WWE still insists that escaping the cage and having the referee open the door like they're your personal butler, that, no, you know, no problem. Yeah, just all you do is walk out. Well, then why wouldn't, you every, why wouldn't you just start the match on that side of the ring? By the time you escape the cage, your opponent probably wouldn't be able to get to you, and you win the match instantly. I had a real problem with that. <laughs> the, that that is so ridiculous, and then all of a sudden at the end of the match, they no, no nobody can figure out how their legs work. They're crawling like they're in some bad horror movie, and they just can't get through that door, man. They've gone through fifteen million doors in their lives, but by God, they can't get through that steel cage door when it's even open for them. I know I'm nitpicking on this, but it's so ridiculous. I have such a problem with the door. And if you don't, you should. I'm telling you how you should feel. That's the best way to convince people. You just tell them how they should feel, right? And how they should think. That's how this works? Okay. But anyway, the match with The Miz and Bobby Lashley was fine. We all knew that Bobby Lashley wasn't going to drop the belt. And I think they're leading to a Lashley-Gunther United States champion versus Intercontinental champion survivor series match i can't my they need to keep both of them champion at least for another two months till we get to survivor series in november think about that especially after what we just saw with gunther and sheamus in one of the best matches i've seen in a long time at clash of the castle imagine lashley and gunther just sells itself god gunther's i mean he's already a major star and he hasn't even really started yet so that match was fine. Dexter Loomis attacking the Miz. The stare was the money shot for me. Hilarious. And somebody needs to do something genius with that. And that's how we went off the show. But let's continue on with uh, some other things that happened on Monday Night Raw. And that is having the whole Dominic storyline that had a few segments, to say the least, on the show. And I had no problem with that being kind of the fabric that held the whole show together. Kind of the main storyline, if you will. And I had no problem with it. I have no problem with uh, the, the the premise that Rey Mysterio said he is not going to ever put hands on his son. As I've told you before, I'm not trying to be a know-it-all here. Really not. I just 
those of you that have seen wrestling in the late 90s will uh, see my similarities, what I'm about to draw here. Uh, and if you've heard my show, I think I mentioned this a couple of shows before, but it's now becoming more apparent that WWE is going back to the well of Undertaker and Kane back in 1998 before WrestleMania 14. Kane attacks Undertaker in his debut. Undertaker, as the brother of Kane, refuses to fight his brother. And week after week after week, he gets pounded down by his brother, pounded down. Finally, uh, at the Royal Rumble, I believe it was, in 1998, we had the uh, Undertaker in a casket match with Shawn Michaels. And at that same event, Kane attacked Taker with an axe, sliced up the, the casket and lit it on fire. And that was the breaking point for Undertaker after months of abuse to finally take down his brother and say, yeah, after I think he went away for like three weeks, four weeks. And just before WrestleMania came back and said that he, he left to soothe the souls of his parents because he was going to do the one thing he promised he wouldn't do. And that is to, to uh, beat down his brother, like to, to put hands on his brother and, that's the same. Now it's not going to be the same dramatics. Obviously, it's two different people, two different storylines, two different eras. But the principle is the same. Where you have two family members, one of them refusing and making a, a proclamation right at the beginning, "I'm not going to put hands on my son," only to to see that devolve to an eventual breakdown of Ray, where Dominic is going to do something so extreme, so awful, maybe bring in his family, right? Maybe he'll bring in his mom. Maybe bring in uh, the the sister who made out with what's his name uh, on, on, uh, during the pandemic era. I can't remember who that was. Um, and and you know, bring back family members. And Dominic does something awful, and Ray has no choice but to finally put uh, Dominic in his place. So I think it's going to take a long time, though. I'd imagine minimum Rumble, probably Mania. Like you could stretch it that long. I don't know what their ultimate goal is, though, because WrestleMania. Don't forget. So it's, it's September 6th, right? So that means there's October, November, December, January, February, March, April. Seven months. That's a hell of a long build. Hell of a long build. They'd have to have months of just kind of nothing happening. But maybe that's the ultimate payoff. Maybe they are looking at WrestleMania. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're looking at Rumble. Maybe they're looking at the December event. Oh, wait, there is no December event. Um, so maybe maybe that's what they are. But... Either way, that is just come back to me right now and remember that that statement made by Rey Mysterio will be used in a video package when this whole program concludes or at least climaxes at whatever event, let's say WrestleMania, that when Rey said that he's not going to put hands on his son, that is going to be the ultimate uh, turn when he does because he's going to be forced to. And people are, I think, going to love it. Now, as far as Dominic goes, he, at the beginning of Raw, came out as uh, because Edge asked him to. And eventually, we got Rhea Ripley, and eventually Dominic came out looking pretty heelish. Got the hair slicked back, got dark clothing on. Maybe looks like he's actually got a hair follicle or two. Maybe I think I might have counted three on his face to grow out a beard. And I think I, that's great. Uh, I'm 100% behind this. I support this on like 300%. I think it is the best move that Dominic has ever made in his career because up until this point, he has done nothing other than just, oh, he's good in the ring and he's Rey Mysterio's son. That, that's been it. And now he has his own identity. He's breaking out on his own. 
And I think maybe they waited this long because they wanted to make sure Dominic was ready for something like this. You don't make a turn like this just to see what happens and whatever, you know, we'll figure it out as we go. No, you, you do need to have a plan in place. And maybe he wasn't ready for a while. And maybe he wasn't ready, uh, you know, or felt he was ready or creative didn't or Triple H, whoever. The one thing I have an issue with or I'm concerned about, rather, is Dominic's promo ability. Dominic doesn't have and has not been yet really known for his excellent ability on the microphone. It's been nothing other than lovey-dovey, make out with your dad backstage, uh, kind of soulless, empty promos, if you want to even call him that. He's been boring. I mean, just paint-dry boring on the microphone for a long time. And now he has the chance to change that. I'm not saying he's going to come out and be John Cena or Edge okay, or MJF, but he needs to show the ability to be able to cut a promo and speak from the heart, which is, I think, the best thing I would say for him. And we didn't get any of that on Monday night, which tells me they're still protecting him. It tells me that they are still protecting him on the microphone, knowing where his weaknesses lie and knowing that all he has to do is come out there, look mean, look like he's a changed man, show a little bit of emotion, uh, or at least lack of emotion in in, uh, Monday Night Raw's case, and attack Edge and uh, be the heel. And he got decent heat. And You know, the crowd played along. I just want to hear a promo from him. I think we are deserved an explanation. I hope that comes soon. Even even if it's just a few lines, it's like two minutes of a promo. We need to hear from Dominic. So that is that. Um, we'll get to Braun Strowman in a minute. I have some interesting thoughts on that. But we also want to talk about, let's see here. Let's talk about our website. How about that? Talk about our website because you guys can go ad free at WWPodcast.com. Go VIP. $3 a month gets you all of our access, access to videos and all of our VIP ad-free content. You can also go to patreon.com slash WWE podcast and get everything ad-free hundreds of episodes or Apple podcasts is an ad-free button right there. If you don't want the ads in your show. All right. So let's dive into a little bit more Monday Night Raw. Let's talk about the new day versus Los Lotharios versus Alpha Academy versus the Street Profits. Yeah, let's just get into Ron Strowman here. So this is a fatal four way to determine the next contenders for the Usos and the undisputed tag team champions. Uh, championships it was a fun match it didn't last too long um you know it was weird that you could tag in your own partner and also face your partner i didn't like that i guess it was just meant to uh, change things up and also have new day get a hilarious spot or attempted hilarious spot to have one of them lay down and try to get a quick pin but it was really meant for braun Strowman. he made his return he got into the ring with chad gable he started taking out everyone and he took out security guards as well, and uh, yep, he tripped. <laughs> First of all, he deserves to trip. I'm not sad that he tripped, For, and, and I say that in a very condescending way. Well, not really, but I guess from a creative condescending way because the Strowman Express thing needed to die. This is your chance to reinvent Braun Strowman. I'm not saying he needs to come back as the Fiend or something crazy, but drop that Strowman Express choo-choo train gimmick. It, it it wasn't good then. It wasn't. It's not good now. Uh, I didn't like when he stood there and did his little circle thing with his hands. I'm just like, oh no. I'm, I'm, I was waiting for the train sound effect. You remember they did that? 
they actually put a train sound effect in when Braun Strowman went around the ring. Except this time, he tripped over himself and landed right on his, uh, almost on his face. The camera caught it, but not great. Some some of the fans caught it. There's some fan footage that's pretty funny to watch. Not not quite a Titus World slide uh, fall. That that is still the best slip up of all time, but still funny nonetheless. And I feel no not bad about that at all because the Strowman Express is a bad gimmick. It's childish to me. But Braun Strowman coming back and laying waste to eight people was fun. It was fun. He's in excellent shape, so Adam Schur, Braun Strowman, has done an excellent job of discipline, showing discipline in his body, and looks like he shaved about 50 pounds or more off of himself. He looks like an absolute monster, so good for him, no pun intended. He said he's coming to SmackDown. Uh, I don't know what that means. I don't know how you do that as a free agent and see we weren't told if he's a free agent, and if, if he's not then why did security attack him if he should be on Raw, but if he's going to SmackDown, like it, a lot of it made a little little to no sense from a draft perspective, but the draft is always the butt of the joke because there is no draft and there is no brand split, really. So Braun Strowman, though, looked great, and I, I don't have any issue with Braun Strowman returning. You're, you're trying to look at potential matchups. You're looking at Roman Reigns. Maybe Braun Strowman kind of targets Roman Reigns or tries to and I mean, we'll see. Omas, who is MIA lately, he could face Omas. I mean, there are some nice matchups with a guy like Braun Strowman. So I am not sad that he's back. Did I get goosebumps? No. But did I pop a little? I'm like, yeah, that's okay, cool. No problem, you know? And, and I don't know how long Triple H can keep this little charade up, though, where part of the show is you never know who's going to come back. I, I wouldn't make it a regular habit like AEW, but... I would say that it's fun right now because every single week the product is feeling fresh with somebody new he's bringing back. So this is good stuff. No problem here. And yeah, so just drop the Stroman stuff. They're the Stroman Express. Okay, I'm not getting, I'm not buying a ticket to get on that train. All right. So let's see. Aaliyah and Raquel Rodriguez take out, do, uh, take on, do drop. And Nikki A.S.H. I can't believe Nikki A.S.H. is still a thing, by the way. I just I, I can't believe it. This was a non-title matchup, by the way. And th- this was, again, all about Raquel Rodriguez. It wasn't long. It wasn't a squash. But uh, the champions picked up a win. And it looks like the women or the WWE is putting a little bit more into the women's tag team division here. It's not just always about the championships. We saw that at least at Clash of the Castle, that six-woman tag team match with Bianca and Bailey on their respective sides. It looks like they're actually going to be doing grudge matches, and not everything's about the championship or championships, so that's fun. But this at least showed a little bit of good faith that the women's tag team division is alive. It's, it's, you know, it's not doing great, but it's alive, so that's good. All right, so Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah win. Austin Theory did not have a good night on the microphone. He was stumbling over words, and oh, I think he oversold a lot of the, the uh, the punch that Tyson Fury gave him. He he'd like pretend he couldn't talk, and then he'd you know run on for two minutes with no problem, no physical bruising. I mean, I I appreciate the selling, I do, but I think it was a little overdone, and he used that to cover himself stumbling over a lot of words. I mean, Austin Theory did not have a good night, which is 
again, I'm, I'm not knocking him. He, he's, he's actually one of the better talkers WWE has right now, and I'm a big fan of Austin Theory, which, by the way, he, as Kevin Owens said, found his, his first name again, which was really funny. But he uh, came out to cut a promo how, despite failing to cash in, he plans to win the title soon, and that brought Kevin Owens out, and they went back and forth for a couple of minutes before KO um, just said, hey, we know what's going to happen next, and the referee came out. So they had a match, and it was good. I mean, these two, again, I say this a lot with a lot of the talent WWE has. I feel like I'm a broken record in a good way. That How many times have I said, and other shows too, and other fans have said, how can you have a bad match with these two? And that's the same case here. This this is one of a, dozens of examples that I could give of guys that you, even if the story sucks, can help make it up in the ring. And you know what I was thinking about earlier today, before I talk about Kevin Owens a little bit more, is I think the fans are excited that Triple H is at the helm because he is showing a different vision. He's bringing people back that he felt Vince shouldn't have fired in the first place. You know, different little production tips and tricks and nuances and, you know, that kind of thing. I think so far what I've seen is that the a lot of Vince's bad creative, which again, he had a lot of good. I mean, I'm not trying to villainize Vince from a creative standpoint. He didn't make a lot of great decisions creatively down the, you know, down the stretch of his career. But I think a lot of what kind of deodorized some of his bad creative decisions were really, really good matches. And the talent saving his ass in the ring by putting on, you know, classics and not all the time, but a lot of the times that even the, even the, even if the storyline sucked, you could say, wow, well that match was really good. But now, excuse me, we're we're starting to see storylines that actually make sense and characters be a little bit more developed and have their own kind of free will on the microphone, or at least perceived free will on the microphone. And that is the part that has been missing from the equation is Great storytelling, easy to understand characters, layered characters. Just not everybody's one-dimensional. Things are easy to understand. And also, on top of that, you get great wrestling. That's essentially what pro wrestling is. Just at its essence. Good characters, relatable characters, deep characters, and easy to understand stories with great matches. I know it it sounds simple, and it's not always easy, but it's simple. So I think with Vince, a lot of it was covered with great matches. Now you're seeing great matches in addition to more exciting product, easier to understand storylines, and promos that don't feel scripted. So now I feel, I, I think that is something that we have missed, and I think that is um, really going to help the product moving forward. But back to Kevin Owens. So this match was was good, and we had Owens beat Theory Austin Theory clean in the middle of the ring and we had uh, that Kevin Owens victory and, and it really makes you wonder if Theory's when he cashes in if he's actually going to be successful because Theory talks a good game but he doesn't really win matches clean or even tries to cheat to win so Theory's just getting his ass kicked like on a weekly basis so for him to win the championship does seem kind of far-fetched I think it might be a failed cash-in at least if it were tomorrow it'd be a failed cash-in so uh, and, and maybe wherever Theory found his first name again, whatever island that he uh, stumbled on with his ship that he was sailing on, 
maybe he can lend that to the other guys and gals that have lost their first names on the roster. <laughs> There's quite a few of them. Wherever they went missing, but... All right, so let's see here. What else? What else? Damien Priest versus Rey Mysterio took place. This, uh, this was good, again, Good, not great, not blow away, just a standard uh, you know, Rey Mysterio matchup that it's going to be high flying. It's going to be a, a lot of uh, a lot of cool reversals with Rey, a lot of attempted 619s, and there's never a bad match that Rey Mysterio puts on, and I'm sure Damian Priest is really appreciating being able to work with a legend like Rey. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing bad that can come from working with a legend. Even Rey Mysterio, who seems to be timeless, is... Not exactly as quick as he was, but he's not embarrassing himself at all. Rey Mysterio is and should be commended for how well he's doing at his age. I mean, he's 47 years old. So, uh, But Priest was able to avoid the 619 with help from Dom, who came out, and then he hit South of Heaven for the pin. Um, this, uh, the, By the way, the winner was Damian Priest. So this was, again, putting heat on Dom. Dominic not saying anything, just kind of the visual aid right now. No explanation from him. But again, you're going to see Ray get pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed again. And oh, here's the line. Push me one more time. I'm going to explode and it will happen. It's just going to take time. So um, let's see here. Oh, Bailey, Dakota Kai and Io, uh, Sky came out. They gave a promo declaring their intentions to win the tag titles, the women's tag titles. And Dakota Kai pointed out how she was pinned but wasn't the legal competitor. But there will likely be a rematch at some point. And then Bianca came out and challenged Bailey. But as I said, she declined. And so that's coming down the line. So uh, I'm excited for that. Uh, did I cover everything on Raw? There's no way. There's no way I did. Uh, I'm looking through. I'm looking through CBS Sports or Bleacher Report. Did I, I feel like I missed something big. No. I, I think I got all the big things. But... Yeah, so we got a uh, another major return. We got a United States title match inside of a cage. Uh, they announced something for next week, and for the life of me, I can't remember what that was. Something for next week. It was, oh, Edge? I think Edge is taking on Damian Priest next week, I think, even though they took Edge and you know, crushed his leg with a chair. I believe that's what it was. So if Edge is medically cleared, he'll be facing another one of the members of Judgment Day next week. And yeah, so as we look ahead, though, SmackDown is in a few days. We have Dexter Loomis, who I imagine is stuck to Raw for the time being. But we have Braun Strowman threatening to come to SmackDown. We have the younger brother of the Usos, the newest member of the Bloodline, I would imagine, coming to SmackDown. And... Uh, there was another thing that happened on Monday Night or, uh, SmackDown. I can't remember exactly what's supposed to happen this week. But I like how they, if you've noticed, from show to show, they're telling you what's coming up on next week's show or on SmackDown on Friday or Monday Night Raw when you're watching SmackDown. I like how they're doing that because what that tells you as the viewer is, number one, it's something to look forward to. And you can speculate and it gives you time as a fan to kind of imagine what could or couldn't happen. But it also gives you a sense of comfort that WWE knows where the hell they're going right now. I mean, Vince would very rarely do this. And if he did, 
you, you knew that there was also a chance that they wouldn't deliver on it because Vince would tear up scripts the day of the, the show, or at least those were the reports. But you're seeing not just one thing advertised for the subsequent show. You're seeing multiple things. It just gives you a sense of comfort and a sense of just stability in the product that you know what could be coming or you could think about what could be coming as a fan. Things that we didn't really get to see under the guidance of Vince McMahon. And just something I I personally like it. They don't need to give away the farm. And they don't. They generally don't give away the farm. That's not a good thing to do. But if you have a main event that you want people to tune in for, tell them about it. It doesn't always need to be this impromptu at the beginning of Raw, a promo's cut, and that's going to be the, your main event you know, in three hours. That's been like, you know, like 90% of running at Raw's. And that's a formula that, that for some reason doesn't ever get old, but it's nice to change it up every once in a while and tell people ahead of time, hey, this is what's coming up next week. Tune in. It gives people a reason to tune in instead of just wondering. So just my two cents. Um, the one thing, I, as I have a little bit of extra time here, I want to just look at, I'm typing it in right now, the wrestling, I'm looking at Wrestling Inc., so credit to them, on any of the possible news stories that I'm missing that you guys want me to address. And the, I have to talk about CM Punk. First of all, I talked about this with Anthony DeMarco last night on the state of WWE, the current state of WWE, which I'd really encourage you guys to go check out. We actually did talk about AEW. I, I know the show is called Current State of WWE, so some people may not like we talked about AEW, but we did talk a lot about WWE. And so the, the whole CM Punk situation, I don't like it. It stinks. And I alluded to this on my current state of WWE because it needs to be said. There are very few times in wrestling, very few. I don't even know if I've ever said that or said this up until last night, of course. And how many times I'm asking you as, as listeners, have you said this, if ever, where you look at something that everyone's talking about on Twitter, wherever, and you said to yourself, you know what, like, I don't care if it's a work or it's a shoot, if it's fake or it's real, if it's staged, if it's not, I just don't care. When's the last time with a big star, with a, a, a newsworthy event, a social media buzzing event happened where you said that about a wrestling event? I can't think of one. And the more I look at this with CM Punk... I, the more, by the way, if you're wondering if I think it's a work or a, a shoot, I think it's probably a shoot. But honestly, it doesn't change my opinion of the segment. Because CM Punk, as we all saw, went on the mic after the um, all out pay per view. And he essentially tore down some of the guys, Hangman Page, and uh, tore down a couple of the journalists who are in the, in the crowd, and also Tony Khan himself. And he kind of embarrassed the company. And even as a work, you don't want to do that. Like even as part of the story, you don't want to do that. It's just not good business. So for those that are like, ah, it's a work, relax. Okay, let's pretend it's a work. Do you want a work that still makes your company look like Little League? Like they're just desperate for attention? So no answer is a good answer here. I don't care if it's real. I don't care if it's a, sta a staged. Doesn't matter to me. This is a bad look for the company. And what made it worse is Tony Khan 
said that, well, I'm, I'm not going to, we're not, we're not, we're not going to stand for this, this effing, you know what? And I'm like, well, dude, you just did. You sat there dumbfounded as one of the guys that you're paying how many hundreds of thousands a year or more. And you're letting him berate the company, take down some of your, uh, your management EVPs personally attack the way you run the company and making this company look like little league. You took it. Don't tell me you're going to after the fact, well, I'm not going to take it anymore. Gosh, darn it. You fool. I mean, again, storyline or not, it made everyone and the company look weak. And somebody could say to me, well, any, uh, any exposure, any, any controversy is good controversy. And that's a famous quote from Vince. Yeah. I'd argue otherwise. You know why I'd argue otherwise? Because controversy that's bad may pop a rating. It may pop a rating quickly for a short period of time, but it's not sustainable because if it's bad publicity, if it's bad controversy, people aren't eventually, they're going to tune in out of curiosity, but they're not going to tune in long-term to support your product. So that's why good controversy and bad controversy matter. There is a distinction. There are different, differing long-term effects of both. So I've never prescribed to that, that just kind of empty uh, belief that Vince McMahon had, you know, that, oh, and, and, and you know, Eric Bischoff, I think even said uh, famously, I think he has a book, controversy, cre- uh, controversy creates cash or something. And that may be true, but again, what is at stake here? What is the topic at hand? What's the controversy? It matters what it is. So I don't know why I got off on that tangent, but somebody I think is going to argue that. I, I, I think that's empty. I don't, I, I don't prescribe to it, but if you do, great. My point is with CM Punk, he comes off as an entitled, bitter, uh, kind of at the top of the food chain guy. That has no business being where he is. And look, I'll be the first one to admit when he came back to AEW, I was a fan. I loved it. It felt like it was goosebump moment. No doubt about it. One of the biggest pops in professional wrestling history. All that. I, I don't take it all back. I don't take any of it back. But that doesn't mean that as, as things go on and things evolve, I can't change my opinion. And right now, CM Punk looks like a, I hate to say it. He kind of looks like a washed up, bitter, attention starved, entitled, uh, narcissistic maniac, but like low key. He doesn't yell and scream. He comes off kind of as a quiet arrogance. That's the difference. That is almost worse because you can see through it. That's the problem I have with punk. And admittedly, I don't watch AEW on the regular. I don't need to. I don't need to watch AEW on the regular to see what is going on and and to evaluate a segment. So, yes, I don't watch AEW regularly. So I'm sure that 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 doesn't help my case for some of you. They're like, oh, well, he doesn't watch AEW. He can't have an opinion. Well, I did. And, And honestly, if you think my opinion's wrong, then you think it's wrong. But I I don't like the way that they went about this. I don't like the way that WWE or uh, AEW allowed this, or they didn't allow it. 
whether Punk went into business for himself or he didn't, it's a bad look all the way around for everyone outside of, okay, it's got people talking about AEW. Oh, okay. And then once those people, those new people that you're like, whoa, cool, we got a spike. Look at why they are looking at this. Most of them go back to, oh, well, screw that. that that's, that's not something I want to support or watch. So that's what I think about it. I wanted to just touch on that because every time I turn around or see CM Punk, he's got something negative surrounding his news. So uh, let's see what else. I think that pretty much is it. I know there's lots of other little stories going on here, but uh, I think that's it. I think we'll end it here. I appreciate everybody for listening. Again, go VIP on our website, WWPodcast.com. You can go to patreon.com slash WWPodcast for $1 a month. You get hundreds of our episodes ad-free. Shout out on the show. Discord server access. And as you go up in tier, you get more stuff. Video, uh, which I got to do more of, I know. And you've also got um, the ability to come on the show and talk to me. So just an option, but uh, thank you everybody for listening. I really do appreciate it. Take care and I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the WWE podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. So you don't miss a show or head to WWE And for all of these shows ad free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE podcast. Until then we'll see you next time.